Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. You ready to have some church? Come on. We're excited because uh, we're wrapping up our mental health series. And uh, today, today we're actually praying for healing. And I'm going to try to preach short. I always say that, but I'm going to try to preach short. And we're going to make some time and space so that God can heal. And we're going to have some moments of prayer after service. And I really believe God wants to move here in this service. And I believe that he wants to bring some peace to our souls, to our mind, to our hearts. Uh, next month, the month of June, can you believe we're almost in June already? We're starting Summer at Calvary with a new series called Summer Playlist. We're going through the book of Psalms in the summer. And so I'm really excited about that one. The book of Psalms is an incredible, incredible book where I think it's going to help so many of us. And so I'm pumped. Today we're going to finish week number four of our mental health series, What's On Your Mind? What's On Your Mind? So I want to get to it. Grab your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you are sitting next to me. Look at the person on the opposite side and tell them, I like you better than the first person I turned to. Second Corinthians chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen. By the way, can we welcome every single person watching online across Facebook and YouTube? I love our online team and every service. We got a bunch of people watching all over the world, so it's awesome. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And if you're there, can you say amen? All right, go down to verse number three. Paul is writing, and he's talking about a war that is happening. And in verse three, he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Somebody say strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Verse number five is extremely important. If you want to highlight it, underline it, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge. Those are fighting words from Paul right there. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the second letter that he wrote to this church of Corinth, we're grabbing these three verses, and out of that, we're, we're wrapping up our series today as we talk about our soul health or our mental health, our mind, our will, our emotions. And today, I, I want to finish with this message that I've titled, Close the Door. Close the Door. Look at two, three people around you and tell them, close the door. Close the door. We'll talk about what that means in a moment. Some of us today, we need to close a door in our life. And one door that we close means God's about to open up another one. But there are certain ones in our life that we have to close today. Close the door. Amen? Let's pray. We'll talk about this for the next 20, 20 something minutes. We'll worship again. Then we're going to pray and believe that the Holy Spirit wants to heal and set people free today, whether it's here in our building or watching online. And then we'll have an incredible Sunday afternoon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for this incredible gathering this afternoon. God, I know you're here. We can sense you. We can feel you. What an amazing, incredible gathering already, God. And I pray for those that are connected online as well. Speak to us today. Have your way in our life. Thank you for loving people like us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Have your way in our life. It is in Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Come on, all of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one time? Come on. Let's go. We 
we've mentioned this several times. Me and Dana have shared this information, as, as many of you may probably already know. Uh, me and Dana live in a place where it is um, the neighborhood, uh, the town, it is infested with frogs. And me and frogs don't get along. Anybody else hate frogs? Frogs, they are absolutely disgusting. They are nasty. They are demons on earth. Anyways, um, frogs are nasty, right? X. So we have to make sure anytime we go outside not to leave the door open too long or some frogs may get in. There's frog seasons and um, they come sometimes in higher numbers than other seasons. And if we leave the door open a little too long, they will get inside our house. Last week, I was taking out my dogs. I have two dogs, Zion and Maggie. They're awesome because dogs are better than cats. And I'm taking them out. And uh, I'm taking them out for them to do their duties at night so I can't see really too much. And I think I left the door open a little too long. Because uh, a couple of days later, we get this text message from my mother-in-law who's at my house. And she says, there is a frog in the kitchen. She's losing her mind. Like, she is losing. There's a frog in the kitchen. Like, could just imagine her and her scream. And um, apparently, I left the door open a little too long, and a frog came in. Thankfully, it was a tree frog, not a toad, because those are dangerous. That's a different kind of demon. Uh, but, but it was a tree frog, and so um, we had to take the frog out. I think she took it out. Props to her. Anyways, the frog got in the house because the door was open too long started thinking about this because the same way that an open door can let a frog come in, I think an unchecked thought life can let the enemy into our life. I wonder how we're thinking. I wonder what we're thinking. Be careful with your thoughts. Another way to put this is, have you given the enemy a seat at your table? Sit down, talk to me. (laughs) Tell me what's new. Are you listening too much to what the enemy says? We've learned that we have an enemy of the soul and he'll throw fiery darts or thoughts our way. Are we, are we pondering upon them a little too long? Are we thinking about them a little? Are we giving too much attention? Are we leaving an open door in our life to the enemy? I wonder if some of us got open doors in here. Paul, when he's talking about Uh, giving the devil an opportunity he puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 and do not give the devil a foothold somebody say a foothold he literally is saying an opportunity in fact in the context of where this verse is found he's talking about anger and unforgiveness and he says hey be quick to forgive and go ask somebody for forgiveness he says do not let the sun go down in your anger do not give the devil a foothold in your life in other words if you let anger reside too much in your mind in your soul in your heart you'll create a root of bitterness and you'll give the devil an opportunity in your life right and so a broader application of that is what are you allowing the devil to put in your mind heart and soul for too long What kind of thoughts are festering in your heart and in your mind today? Have you given him just an opportunity because a thought has come in that is not from God and you're thinking about it a little too much? Here's the problem. The problem is that a foothold can become a stronghold. A foothold can become a stronghold. We'll explain what a stronghold is in just a moment. The month of May has been Mental Health Awareness Month across our country. It happens every year. As a church, we've decided every May, possibly every single year, to talk about mental health because God cares about our mind. Come on, God wants us healthy. God wants us well in our will, our mind, and our emotions. And so we've done it the last couple of years. We're doing it this year, the month of May. And we've talked about what I mean. Now, now we said sometimes it can be biological. There can be a chemical imbalance, right? And, and you may need to go see a doctor or a therapist. And you may need to be on medication. And, and that's absolutely okay. In fact, we said, let's take away the stigma from the taboo that existed in the church in the past. That something was wrong with you if you had to go see somebody. No, there's every right with that and maybe you should so some stuff is biological now now other times some of our mental health disorders is because of some of the choices that we make let's talk about that for a little in fact we talked about it a little bit on week number one week number one i shared a message called i already won and we talked about at least taking steps in the right direction to start to get health in our life 
right? And we talked about reading in the right place with the right people and having the right posture. Week number two, we talked about I'm leaving this cave. Sometimes life will leave you in a cave and you got to make certain decisions. Remember God's faithfulness and reconnect with people and purpose to get out of the cave that life sometimes leaves us in. Last week, Pastor Adam preached an incredible message. Come on, on living on empty. Some of us, we have anxiety and stress because there's no rest for our souls. We're always on the go and we're never refueling. And he said we need to receive, examine, sort, and trim some things in our life. Come on, that was a great message. Pray that this week you found some time to rest for your soul. Today, I, I want to talk about our thought life as we finish the series. We kind of alluded to it in week one and two and three. Today, I, I want to I expound on it. I want to harp on it a little bit more. I want to make sure you, you understand how important your thought life is to your mental health and to your soul health. It's extremely important. What are you thinking? What's on your mind constantly? Today, maybe some of us in here are watching online. You're under immense pressure because there's certain thoughts that keep replaying over and over on your mind. And they don't let you alone. And they haunt you. And, and, and they, they are traumatizing things that happened in the past or things that you may be carrying now. Maybe a trauma that happened in the past of your life or maybe a divorce that you went through or sickness that you went through. Something that happened in your life or maybe it's a lie that you are believing from the enemy. And I think a lot of people are free in their body but trapped in their mind. Right? Like we, we are believers in Jesus. Those of us who put our faith and our confidence in him, we've called on him and we, we are owners of salvation, but yet we are slaves in our mind. And, and the devil, he's playing games with us because we keep listening to every single thought that comes our way. What are you thinking? What's on your mind is what we call the series, right? That, that, like we said, the devil can't steal your salvation, but he can't steal your peace. Those of us who believe in Jesus, come on, he can't take our salvation. I'm going to heaven. I'm meeting Jesus face to face. But some of us can't sleep at night and some of us don't have joy anymore. And some of us are out of strength because we've allowed him to sit in the table and we've given him a foothold. The devil can't possess you, but he's oppressed you. Very different. We've been possessed by the Holy Spirit. He sealed our heart. Right? We are completely full of the Holy Spirit. But there's this oppression, this weight on our mind because we're giving the enemy a foothold. And so today, what's on your mind? How are you thinking? How do you wake up? How do you go to sleep? What are the thoughts that you are playing around with in your mind? We have to be careful. In fact, the big point that I want you to walk away with is that a negative mind will never produce a positive life. Today, I want you to know that you have victory, but you can't enjoy that victory if you're constantly thinking in a negative fashion. Today, I want you to know that the Bible says you're the head and not the tail, but you can't enjoy that if you're constantly thinking about your past. Come on, the Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread, but you can't walk in that grace and that favor if you're always enslaved in your mind about your past or a mistake or something to happen. Come on, well, you got to close the door on some of those thoughts and say they're not from God. He's not speaking that over my life he says something different in his word and I'm trusting in his word and I'm going to make sure that I believe God's word speak God's word confess God's word to walk in victory can I get an amen somebody say shut the door look at the neighbor and tell him shut the door <laughs> some of us are allowing the devil to play in the playground of our mind for too long and then we wonder while we're stuck in the sandbox of life. Because there's thoughts running wild in our mind. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I'm going to say that one more time. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. By the way, today I'm not speaking or teaching positive thinking. I'm talking about biblical thinking. I'm talking about scripture thinking. I'm talking about every single promise of God that has been spoken over your life. This is not a positive message. This is not good energy. No, this is the Holy Spirit inspired word of God. I'm not here to talk about a feeling or a vibe or vibras. I'm here to talk about the power in the word of God. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about blood-bought redemption. Come on, I'm talking about adoption in the son. I'm talking about all that Christ has done at Calvary. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's 
not a guru. He's the cross. He's the savior. He's the one that overcame it all for you and for me. He's the cross conqueror. He's the grave conqueror. His name is Jesus. If you believe it, can you give some praise to God this afternoon? Come on, somebody. We believe in a real God who is alive, who spoke the word, and his word is alive. Can I get an amen? Because nowadays people love positive thinking. In fact, that's what Paul is kind of addressing in the, book of Cor- in the book of Corinthians. He's talking to a church in Corinth. Somebody say Corinth. Corinth was a wild city. It was full of a lot of things. It was full of crazy ideologies and false philosophies and false religions, along with a church that was thriving and was doing really well. They had some issues that Paul's going to address, but, but this church was growing. It was a fast-growing church. They were being impactful and influential in this city called Corinth. But Corinth didn't just have the wisdom of God spreading. It also had the wisdom of man. And the wisdom of man, it comes nowhere close to the wisdom of God. But the wisdom of man will think it's wiser than the wisdom of God. And so there was Greek wisdom, and they were trying to bring all kind of philosophies and ideologies on what we should worship, what is truth, is there truth, there is no truth, there is no God, or there's many gods, who are you, do you have a purpose, you have no purpose, or maybe you're just any being, and because you are any being, you could do whatever you want, and so all kind of ideologies were running all over Corinth, and Paul says some of them, they exalt themselves over and try to come over the knowledge of God. And if you think about these too long and listen to the ways of the culture and the city and the world for way too long, it'll create a stronghold in your mind. Because the enemy wants to confuse you. Sit at your table, open the door, come in, and make a mess in your living room. And Paul says, you've, it's, it's, you've created and you've allowed a stronghold in your mind. I like the way this one pastor defines stronghold. Look how he puts it, Mark Bubeck. He says, a stronghold is an idea or a belief, a fear, a feeling, or a desire, or anything else, arguments, pretensions against the knowledge of God, that has a strong hold or a firm, a grip on our mind, spirit, body, or heart. It enslaves us, motivating us to act out against God's will. It's something powerful. Right? Look at this one more time. It's an idea, a belief, a fear, a feeling, a desire. All of us have ideas, beliefs, fears, feelings, desires, but they have this strong hold, grip on our mind, spirit, body, or heart, and they make us slaves to act out against God's will. That's a strong hold. Now, Paul uses this word stronghold, and it's important that we know why he uses this word stronghold. The word stronghold in these ancient times literally meant a prison or a fortress, In other words, some of us have these feelings, these thoughts, these desires, these ideologies that don't come from God that have left us in a prison in our mind, that has left us living in a fortress in our mind. So God set us free. He who sets free is free indeed, but because we've, we've left the door open too long, but because we've let him sit at our table for too long, we are now in prison in our mind. And the word of God says one thing, But the thoughts of the world who want to exalt themselves over the word of God, we're we're paying attention to them. And that's why we have people today that are confused. What is truth? Is there truth? Somebody just told me after one of the services, hey, yeah, I was actually talking to this doctor who told me there is no truth. And he told the doctor, well, what you're saying is a truth. Is that true? <laughs> well, like, but this is the world that we're living in. Jump on social media. Jump on Twitter for five minutes. Everybody's confused. Is there God? Is there one God? Is there multiple gods? If there is no God, that life has no meaning. You could do whatever you want. We're confused about truth. We're confused about genders. We're confused about our sexuality. We're confused about what we should do. We're confused about purpose. We're confused of why we're here. We're confused about where we should go. We're confused about everything because we've listened to the ideologies that want to exalt themselves over the knowledge of God. But Paul says we take them captive in the name of Jesus. We have weapons that are not of this world. Come on, the weapon is called truth. And we just don't have multiple truths. We have one truth. Come on, it's the Son of God. It's Jesus Christ. He says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. There is a truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ was, is, and will always be. And he came down and he died for humanity. And he went up on the cross, the Son of God, God in the human flesh. And he died on the cross, went down to a grave for three days. But after three days, he resurrected. 
connected. I don't have a guru. I don't have a prophet. I just don't have a teacher. I have the living God that died for me and rose again on the third day. That's the truth that we know. The living word, the living truth. If you're thankful for that, give God a praise this afternoon. You better know truth because the world will want to sell you their truth. In fact, the modern thing is, you have your truth, I have my truth. That can't be because then that means there are no wrongs. Not everybody can, not everybody can be right. I say the sky's blue. Well, I say it's red. Well, you have your truth, I have my truth. No, there's a truth. It's blue. <laughs> And so Paul is coming against all these ideologies, philosophies, persuasions of man, culture, and the devil. Ultimately, they're demonic and they're anti-Christ. And in today's world, we have culture telling us all kinds of lies. Everything you could imagine. That's why be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you're on. Be careful about the conversations that you're on. There's people selling all kind of doctrines, philosophies online. Keep subscribing to that. You'll be in a stronghold in a moment. And so Paul says, we take them captive. All these thoughts, we take them captive. You want to confuse who I am? You want to confuse my purpose? You want to confuse my future? You want to hold me in my past? You want to confuse my sexuality? You want to confuse who I should be and where I should go? You want to confuse? I take them captive. And I make them to submit to the obedience of Christ. I make them obedient to Christ. I make them obedient to Christ. I make them obedient to Christ. In other words, don't, Paul's saying, don't live according to every thought, feeling, and emotion you get. Because your mind's going to run wild. You ever wake up one day and you, you have crazy thoughts on your mind? Wake up, you're like, I'm not going to work today. Cool, don't go. Follow that feeling. It's what the world says. Follow that feeling. We'll see who pays your bills at the end of the month. But follow that feeling. I feel like sleeping all day. Cool. Follow that. The Bible says all of a sudden poverty will come to the sloth really quick. Right? You follow every feeling and emotion you want, you're going to end up in a bad place. But some of us, we've left an open door. And we've sat with the devil too much at the table. When Paul says take captive, it literally means to attack with a spear. This is not defense now, this is offense. In other words, make a move. Don't wait for that thought to go away on its own. Oh, I don't believe God's word. It's not true. God must not exist. I have no God, so I can do whatever I want. I don't like that thought, but I'm going to just let it sit there. Just let it sit there. <laughs> and that thought begins to foster, and it begins to grow. And it begins to confuse. And after a day or two, or a week or two, a month or two, you're confused and you're in a stronghold. Another word that they used to use strongholds for was, were for tombs. The thinking place now becomes the dead place. And how many people have died to destinies and futures and God callings because they've been in a stronghold for way too long? But today there's resurrection power. Come on, there's truth in the word of God to demolish every argument. Come on, and to take captive every single thought. And you might have been dead for a little bit spiritually or mentally or emotionally. Come on, but there's life in Christ. There's resurrection power. Come on, tell somebody I'm closing the door. In Jesus' name. What do we do? There's three ways that the enemy loves to attack our mind. Three ways that the enemy attacks our minds. Number one, with false thoughts. Right? One of the main things he'll tell this, especially this generation, is God's word is not real. There is no truth. Do whatever you want. You can sleep with whoever, whenever. You can do whatever. You can go wherever because God does not exist. By the way, you want to see a society gone into complete downward spiral and destruction? Take away God. God brings morals and standards and values. So that's some of the thoughts. Number two, failure thoughts. Thoughts of failure. You'll always be a failure. You're a mistake. You made a mistake in 1995. You should still be ashamed for it. And you, st you should still pay the price for it. And some of us laugh, but some of us wake up every day and we can't get over our past. There's some people who are so bound up in their mind because of something that happened a month ago, a year ago, three years ago. And 
and you can't get over that. And I want to tell you today, that's not who God made you to be. And so are you playing with those kind of thoughts? And then number three, thoughts of fear. I'll never be good enough. I won't ever overcome. I'm not enough. What's going to happen tomorrow? There's too much unknowns. What if I die? What happens if I never get a job back? What happens if I stay lonely forever? Thoughts of fear. False thoughts, failure thoughts, fear thoughts. What do we do with this? What do we do with this? I'm going to give you three quick practical handles, and then I want to pray for people today. And we got pastors today here and leaders who would love to pray for you. But three quick handles. What do we do with this? Number one, study the word for supply. I know this sounds like a very elementary Christian, like, Sunday school kind of handle. And and usually we come up here and we give all kind of handles. But today, I'm just going to give you a real practical one. Study the word. Study the word. Like, usually, as Dan, I love my points to match. And they all start with the same letter. Like, receive, remember, relief. uh, All that kind of stuff. That's just how my brain works. I'm charismatic Pentecostal. So I grew up. That's how they taught us. Today, I was just like, no, like some of us just need to know the word. Like some of us, we we come to church and we listen to the word for 30 minutes, but we go home and never open up the Bible again. Some of us know more about what's going on in the celebrity culture and Twitter than we do in God's word. Some of us know more about our neighbor's life, their vacation, and their everyday living than we do the word. Some of us know more about what's happening in so-and-so's life and how they're going out with this celebrity and how they cheated on this celebrity and they forgot this one and they all got involved in another relationship than we do about God's word and what he speaks about our life. And so when the enemy comes with a thought, there's no supply in the bank for us to pull from because our mind has been too entertained with the things of this world. Like sometimes we just need to get our mind in the word of God and study God's word. Study the word. Like, I hope you just don't come to church and take my word for it or listen to me or Phil, Adam, Rich, like, Vlad, Diana, any, anybody that comes there. Like, have you, go home and, like, make sure we're not saying something crazy. I mean, we check everybody's notes before they come up, and we make sure nobody's saying nothing crazy. But, but, but st- do you do your homework? Do you go home and read and say, I need to know the word? Se- several weeks ago, several weeks ago, several weeks ago, um, there was a, a gasoline shortage in the country, at least on this side of the country. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Right? The pipeline that got hacked or whatever in the system, they had to shut it down. Uh, everybody lost their mind. Went bonkers. Now, if you paid attention to the news, you would realize it didn't affect us in South Florida because we don't get gasoline from that pipeline. But because we don't pay attention, how are the gas stations? Wow. Wow. They're just absolutely crazy. Like, it was just insane, right? Like, how many of you went to a gas station? True story. <laughs> right? Everywhere. I saw people, like, I was, I was watching it on the news. I saw people filling up go-karts, ATVs. Like, we, somebody, somebody filled up a bag with gasoline, a plastic bag with gasoline, right? Now, I laughed and all that, but, but the day of tomorrow, if there's a gas shortage, their garage is going to be full of gasoline. And I'm going to be at the gas station looking for some gasoline, and there's no gasoline. Yet they got tanks on tanks on tanks of gasoline in their garage. Because they saved up for the day of trouble. Some of us, when the day of trouble comes, we're like, call a pastor, call a leader, open the church, call the band, preach, I need a word. But we're not going to have church every day, every hour. We're supposed to gather to then scatter, gather and then scatter, gather and then scatter. And while we're out throughout the week being the light of Christ, if the enemy comes with a thought, you need to have supply for that day of trouble. So that when he comes and tells you that there is no future for you, you can say, hold on, let me go on my bag. Oh, the Bible says I have a hope and a future. Oh, that he has plans for me. When he comes and he tells you, you're always going to be in debt and he won't supply. Oh, the Bible says that he'll supply all of my needs according to the riches in heaven when he comes and he tells you your kids will always be lost you can go back and say oh me and my house will be saved and serve the lord i got a verse for a day of trouble i got a word of god and it's stronger than my thought but i need to know my word some of us know more pinterest quotes than we do bible verses (laughs) i love this pinterest quote (laughs) and that's great But a demon ain't afraid of a Pinterest quote. (laughs) 
You want to make the devil tremble? Jesus is in the wilderness. He got baptized and he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And who comes to him? The devil. Satan. Satanás. And he says, you're hungry. You've been fasting for way too long. I know you're hungry. You want a McGriddle? <laughs> you want a bacon, egg, and cheese? <laughs> we were talking the other day. McGriddles are the best. They're just really unhealthy. Have one a year. But if you're hungry, Jesus, the devil tempts him. If you're hungry, turn that stone into a loaf of bread. Just eat. He was tempting Jesus. And look how Jesus responds. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus answered, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't live based on what Twitter says. I don't live based on what a TikTok theologian said. I don't live based off what a magazine says or what TMZ says or what my neighbor says. I live out of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I got that in my spirit. I got that in my heart. Come on, study the word. Don't wait for a pastor or a leader. Study the word. You need an arsenal of verses. Diana gave me that word after one of the services. She's like, you should use the word arsenal. She's violent. She's Colombian. Arsenal. Like, do you know your word? Number two, know your position over your past. You know, we're living in an identity crisis. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows what God has spoken over their life. And you're always confused about your identity, who you are, where you belong. And so when the enemy comes with thoughts of failure, you believe it. And some of us are in prison in a stronghold of our mind because he keeps saying, you made that mistake five years ago. Remember what you did 10 years ago. Look what you did last night. Some of us, we're sitting in service today and you're in a stronghold of your mind. It's, it's going up against the knowledge of God. It's what... It's what Paul saying there was philosophies and arguments telling you who you are, what you should be against the word of God. That's literally what Paul saying. And you need to know your position in Christ over anything that might have happened or what the enemy or people have said in the past. Do you know your position? I'll never forget several years ago. Several years ago, I got a speeding ticket. I've only gotten one in my life. And, and I went to court, and I, I show up in the courtroom, and they call my name, and I'm like, oh, gee. You, you know, if you ever get a speeding ticket, those of you who have my fellow brothers and sisters <laughs> who've all gone over the speeding limit a little bit, you walk in, if the officer who gave you the ticket is not there, it's going to be a good day. If the officer who gave you the ticket is there, you know, it's going to be a bad day. And so I show up, and the guy who gave me the ticket, the officer, the police officer, he's there, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to pay some fine, it wasn't even my fault. I didn't see the speed limit. It was behind a tree. Alexander Sagat, and I go up, and I'm like, yes, sir. And I'm all like, and the police officer's there. And before the judge could say another word, true story, I promise you this really happened, true story. The police officer goes, hey, hey, judge, I'm sorry. Um, I actually know the fellow. I don't know what he said, but I actually know him. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. I honestly don't. It was an angel sent from heaven. He says, uh, he's a good guy. Can you dismiss his case? I promise you. I don't know this police officer. Never seen him in my life. Never saw him again. Never, never. And I was like, like I felt like saluting him. Like, like, wow, my God. And the judge, the judge himself was shocked. Like he looked at him, looked at me, and he's like, well, sir, case dismissed. And I stayed there for a moment. I stayed there for a moment like I should pay something. Like I don't know. Like I, this is. Now, imagine somebody in the courtroom sitting down there saying, wait a minute, he broke the law. He needs to pay a fine because I broke the law as well. And my case may not be dismissed. That's not fair. He broke the law, make him pay. The judge would say, I'm the boss. <laughs> and I just said, case dismissed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you said it, but he broke the law. He should pay. And the judge will say, I have authority over the law. And I just said, case dismissed. The Bible calls Satan the enemy, the one that we give a foothold or a seat at our table or the frog in our living room. 
the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he always goes up to God and he says, did you just see what so-and-so did? Did you just see where they were at? Do you remember the mistake that they made? And God says, I'm the boss. And because of the blood of my son, Jesus, they're forgiven. Yeah, but they broke the law. They've made every single sin. They keep messing. I'm the boss. And I say that there's grace and mercy for them. And when I see them, I don't see them. I see the righteousness of my son, Jesus. He's the boss. Get over your past and understand your position who you are in Christ I am his son I am adopted I am redeemed I am delivered I am saved I've been set free know your position over your past Paul says this Ephesians chapter 2 but because of his great love for us God who's rich in mercy he made us alive for Christ even when we were dead in our transgress- transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up somebody say raised us up but say it like that. Raised us up. <laughs> he raised us up with Christ. You guys are on fire today. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms. I'm seated with Christ. And so, and so when the thought comes, the thought ideologies of this world that tell us you're no good, you have no purpose, you're a mistake because your mom left you or your dad walked out on you or because you ended up in a divorce, because you're on your third marriage, or because you're sick in your body, or because there's a chemical addiction to a drug or a bad habit, and you think you're never gonna get out of it, I'm seated with Christ. I'm seated with Christ. Know your position. When you know your position, you'll start to come out of that place. Know your position. And we'll finish with this. Trust truth, not thoughts. I got got a little bit of bad news, but thoughts will come every day. You can't escape thoughts. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and maybe a bad thought will come. Ten minutes from now, maybe a bad thought will come. Some of you are sitting here, bad thoughts are coming. (laughs) I'm no good. I'm a failure. It's how my marriage is always going to be. I'm always going to be lonely, always going to be sick, always going to be addicted. Thoughts will come. It's what you're going to do with those thoughts that matter. And so you got to make a decision. I'm going to trust truth. It's not just study the word. It's not just knowing my position. Now it's trusting that thing, which is completely different. One thing is to tell me this chair will hold me up. And I know the chair, I study the chair, I know what kind of, I know the brand. These chairs are the skinny type. (laughs) Um, Right, like we're really tight in service. I know it. I studied it. Another thing is to sit down and actually trust it. You can study the word. There's some people who know more scripture, but never trust the scripture. Like even even demons know the Bible. The only difference is they don't trust the Bible. Watch your thoughts. Close the door. I'm not, I'm not going to let that thought linger. I take it captive in the name of Jesus. Make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you always got to watch your mind. The same way you got to watch your thoughts. You got to watch your head. Because we're living in a battlefield. Months ago, you heard us share the story over and over, but it was really fun. We went to Colombia and we rode ATVs and they were wild. And uh, it was awesome. When we got on the ATVs, they came and they gave us all helmets. Some of us had really funny looking helmets that nobody wanted to wear. Uh, they actually gave a friend of mine the helmet that the police officers wear on the streets. And my friend's like, oh, that's a police. You're going to make me a police officer now? Like, I'm not wearing this thing. And we were all laughing. And, and, and it's like, it doesn't match our outfit. You don't want to wear certain, like, helmets. You're like, and you don't need the helmets. And we put on the helmets and we go outside and realize the helmets were there for our protection because we were going to the trenches and the jungles. There was a time where the ATV almost flipped over, like, two times. Like, protect your head. You ever walked into a room and it says, watch your head? Low ceiling? Paul is telling us in Ephesians chapter 6, hey, watch your head. Watch your mind. 
Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about the armor of God, and, and maybe we'll do a study on it in the future, a whole series around the armor of God. But Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14, he describes what we have, spiritual weapons that God has given us. And he says, stand firm then. Somebody say, stand firm. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows, the thoughts that will come of the evil one. And then look at this. Take the helmet of salvation. In other words, watch your head. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're living in a jungle. We're living in trenches where thoughts will come. The helmet of salvation is you being secure of everything that Jesus has accomplished at the cross of Calvary and because he resurrected from the dead. That's the helmet of salvation. That when a thought comes that says, no, you're not saved. Well, yes, I have been saved because my penalty was paid at the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says that everything that I owed, all my debt has been paid. The Bible says that there's power in the blood of Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus that has made me white as snow. That's the helmet of salvation. That when a thought comes that says, oh, be careful. One day you're going to die and you're afraid of death. The Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with Christ. Come on, the helmet of salvation. I'm saved. Protect your head. Close the door. Come on, from today on, some of us need to close the door on every negative thought, on every toxic thought, on every demonic thought, and say, I'm no longer thinking every single thought that comes to my mind. I'm closing the door. I'm closing the door. The thoughts will come. What I do with it, it's up to me. I'm closing the door on these thoughts. I got a helmet of salvation. Every single thought that does not come from God, I'm not even paying no mind to it. They'll come, but I won't entertain them. Again, this isn't a recipe for good mental health. This is first steps in the right direction. I think in four weeks, we've given, tried to give. And again, we're not therapists or doctors. We're pastors who can point you at least in the right direction. Today, some of us need to start taking those steps. Come on, we're going to pray for healing today. I want us to stand up on our feet. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. Some of you watching at home today, God wants to set you free. There's people here today that you're free in your body, but you're trapped in your mind. And you're living in a fortress, a stronghold. And I believe that today God wants to set you free. You you don't belong there. You don't belong in that prison. The war has already been won. And so we battle now not with carnal or flesh weapons, but with the weapon of truth, with the sword of the spirit. So I'm closing the door on things that I've given too much time to. Whatever your eye closed. There's some of you in here today that you, you feel bound, you feel trapped. There's somebody in here that there's this one overwhelming thought that just keeps playing over and over and over again. Like a broken record. You wake up every morning and, and you have that thought. You're at your workplace and you have that thought. You're getting ready to go to sleep at night and you have that thought. And you're paying attention to it way too long and it's, it's held you captive. And it's a stronghold, a fortress, a prison. Today, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be set free. Be set free. Be set free from that demonic oppression from that thought that doesn't want to let you go and it might take a week a month a year but I want to tell you today you're headed in the right direction and it might take a community it might take a therapist pastors counselors but be free in the name of Jesus we demolish strongholds in Jesus name we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ 
the word of God is above every single thought. With eyes closed and head bowed. Today, there's some of you today, you need healing. You need healing for your soul. You need healing for your mind. All across this place, eyes closed, head bowed. I just really sense God's presence. And I sense that all week, there's some of us that are in prison. We're tired and full of anxiety, stress, worry, fear. Fear of dying, fear of the future. Thoughts of failure. Thoughts on what is right and confused. Today, God wants to set you free. With every eye closed and every head bowed in a moment of privacy, in a moment of concentration, if that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're saying today, today, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. I'm done with these thoughts of low self-esteem, no good, my life is not worth it. I've made too many mistakes. I don't believe God's word. If that's you, at the count of three, raise your hand. Any kind of those thoughts that they don't leave you alone. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Hands raised up everywhere. Hallelujah. If you can hold your hand up a little bit higher, I see you. In fact, we're going to do something. There's hands raised all over this place. We're going to do something that we don't often do. But we got pastors and leaders up here in the front. They're going to come all across the front of this room, of this auditorium. Those of you with your hands raised, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to get out of your rows, come down the aisles. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Today we want to pray over you. I want to ask pastors and leaders to prophesy over them. Lay hands on them. Come on, we're going we're to believe today people are leaving out of here free. You're not living in bondage anymore. One, two, three. Get out of your rows. Come down the aisles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Can you give Jesus a big praise in this place? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you for healing and wholeness today. Thank you, Jesus. Our hearts are overwhelmed by your grace, by your mercy, by your goodness. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for victory. Thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, with every eye closed and every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. And uh, I, would, I know we're way over time. I know we're over time. We're leaving just now. But John, if you can come up here and just invite us into a relationship with God. If you're in here, we're leaving in a moment. But if you don't know God, if you feel far from God, we would love for you to start a relationship with God. Hey, in this atmosphere of faith, just, just for a moment, as Pastor Alex was just declaring in John chapter 8, the Bible says, For who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's not the sun, S-U-N, that's in the sky. It's not your son. It's, it's the son, the son of God. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, he loves you so much. The Bible says that even when you were enemies of God, even when you were in your worst moments, even when you've done things that you've never told anybody, even when you've been just so ashamed of your life, even when you've been hurt by somebody, Jesus says, hey, I still love you. I still care for you. I still have a plan for you. Jesus, he loves you so much that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. What is sin? To sin means that we've missed the mark. Every single one of us, we've all missed the mark. We've all messed up. We've all made a mistake. And what we deserve is, is death. But Jesus says, hey, that's a price that you're supposed to pay. But I don't want you to have to pay that. I want to pay that price for you. And all you got to do is just believe that I've done it for you. And there is freedom in that. And I will bring healing. I will bring salvation. But the most important thing is that you are free and forgiven of your sins. And all you got to do is just believe it with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. And if you're in this room and you're saying, hey, I've heard Alex talking about Jesus. I've heard him talking about this Savior. I've heard him talking about this God, but I don't know who he is. But I want to have a relationship with him. I want to know that where I'm going after here, there's eternity and there's salvation and there's more beauty and more perfection than we can ever look forward to on this earth. 
if that's you and you're saying, hey, I need this fresh start. I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I need to know this God that you're talking about. All I'm going to ask you to do is just lift up your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to throw a mic in your face. We're not going to do anything crazy. All you're doing is saying, hey, that's me. And I want to know who we're praying for. And what the Bible again, it says, if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple. And so everybody, we're going to close our eyes and bow our heads. And that's you. If that's you and you're in this room, you're saying, hey, I need that fresh start. I need to know this Jesus. I need to know this Savior that you're talking about. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. One, two, three. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Is there anybody else? Anybody else saying, hey, I want that free gift of salvation. Uh, The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. If there's anybody, God bless you in the back, my friend. If there's anybody else that's just saying, I'm struggling with this right now. I want to make this decision. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. God bless you over here. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just made that decision, I want to congratulate you on the greatest decision that you will ever make on your entire life. Seriously, it is. there's no better decision knowing that you have eternity coming your way. And so all I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer and you're just going to say a repeat after me prayer. And again, it's, a, it's not this prayer, magical prayer that saves you, but what you're doing is you're confessing with your mouth and you're believing with your heart that Jesus is Lord. So if that's you, we're going to say this in the whole church. We're going to say this with you because we believe this with you. We want to declare this with you. So you're going to say, dear Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Jesus, I'm sorry. For everything that I've done, from this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, can we make some noise for anybody who just made that decision? Come on. Again, you just made the greatest decision that you ever make in your entire life. Aside from making that decision, the next best decision I think you can make is receive a Bible right here. We want to give this to you as a free gift. We believe that the best decision you can make is to receive Jesus, but the second one is to get to know him. How can you get to know him? He wants to speak to you through his word. And so we have an amazing team out in the back, in the front, that you can just head straight over there, and they're going to give you a free Bible, just get to know you, pray over you if you, if you wanted prayer or anything like that. But come on, I hope you guys were blessed by today's message as much as I was. Hey, but let me go and pray for you as I believe God wants to move not just on your Sunday, but on your Monday through Saturday. So let's all lift up our hands, and we're going to leave here celebrating, believing everything that God has done. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are so good. We thank you that you care about our mental health, that you care about our troubles, that you care about our strongholds and our struggles, Lord. But we And all of our trust in you, Jesus, knowing that you are good, knowing that you are faithful to a thousand generations. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. I think you're celebrating.